Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Big second hour here today, guys, and we are rolling. Big game last night, obviously, and uh, congratulations to the Chiefs. Um, I'm obviously diehard 49er fan until I moved to Chicago. I'm becoming a Bears fan more and more. I genuinely, even last night, I thought, man, it'd be great to get to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. You know? It'd be really cool. Wouldn't that have been cool? Wouldn't that be cool to get to the playoffs? It'll be a blast for this city. Yeah. One day. One day. We'll get there. So it's uh, a lot of lessons. We were just discussing something. I'm going to go there. I have to make sure that I don't get my emotions wrapped up in this too much. But one of the most interesting things that happened in this game was an altercation where Travis Kelsey, in anger, borderlining rage, borderlining rage. I would I would agree with that. Uh, somewhere in that zone, intense anger to rage, somewhere in there, he came up and basically cross-body checked his head coach, Andy Reid. And... I think I, I'm I'm stunned at how we give the press has given this a pass and kind of laughing it off. Yeah, there's no real mention of it, and I think you know it, it's almost the idea of the to the winners go the spoils. Maybe it would have been a talking point a little more if they lost, but and, it's certainly not today. And the truth is, the uh, whole Taylor Swift and Kelsey thing generates a lot of revenue for the NFL, and I yeah. think everybody kind of gets in line with that. You yeah, know, let's keep quiet, yeah. keep the money phone. But it's. Um, it's a bummer, and let me tell you why. Two words. Pop Warner. Uh, the, the message you're sending kids is that you can go up if you don't get the ball or if you aren't in on a play where you could have been the hero. And forget the intent of that and the intent. You can talk about this all day long. I think I, my personal take is he wants to be seen. He wanted to be the man he's upholding his brand. But there's so much brand out there now, and when the when your brand doesn't get featured, you bump a cup and you see what's inside. Right, and and that feeling of I can help the team, I should be the one that gets the ball. I mean, that's that's since the beginning of sports. Every time any person who's ever played sports feels like I should get the ball more, that's I should get they, more playing time. That from eight to eighty. That's why they say there's no I in team, right? <laughs> Right. Because that's why that mantra started, because, because that's the that's what they're constantly fighting. Give the ball to me. And it's OK if you get intense and have a discussion with coach like, hey, coach, I was I was I on that play set that you had. It would have been good to have that's even borderline during a game, because to, can the coach have every offensive player who doesn't he feels like he was slighted on a play come up to him? You can't. You know how many players feel slighted in a game? I mean, it's yeah. just the way of the game. It's what happens is if someone has the ball, that means 10 other people didn't have the ball. Yeah. You know, it, so more people are going to be left out of it than, than put into it. So it's, it's a tough deal because, I mean, we live in a world with all kinds of societal change. And a lot of the norms that we had are going away. But one of, one of the good norms that we had is when I played Pop Warner ball, you, what the coach said went. If, if you want to if you want to play differently, you go find another team. In fact, when I was in Pop Warner, you couldn't go find another team. There's no trades in Pop Warner, but you didn't treat coaches like that. You could you honestly you'd be benched. And there's some NFL co coaches that would have benched him. And uh, reports say he apologized. They went over, gave him a hug, said I'm sorry. Um, does that make a difference? Yeah, it helps, but it, I don't. I again, I think what we're doing here is we are, without there being some consequence for something like that. Sure, apologies notwithstanding, I think you set a precedent that's bad. I think of all the high school boys that watch that stuff and hear constantly, you can't do this, and then you find out at the highest levels, the highest level of professionalism, you can do it and get away with it. Yeah, it's a bummer. It is a bummer. It's it's sad because I think as one high justice people that we all are. Oh, I'm so crazy high justice. You don't want to see things like that on TV and and then it just go, well, you know, he said sorry. 
so it's okay. And it's like, and I, and I know apology and forgiveness, that is important and it's good. But I think that when you're running a company, you know, it, it's the Gary Chapman book to when sorry's not enough. I think that, that there is, that's a great insight. That book is dynamite, by yeah, the way. I think there's a precedent with this specific situation and that specific type of behavior that, that something extra needs to be implemented in this situation as well. Yeah, so just a quick hit there. What's this mean for our everyday life? I think for our everyday life, it means that we need to, we need to be able to operate above a level of behavior that, you know, I, <laughs> it's, a, it's a different situation. Uh, I was driving in today. I had a bunch of people who were really aggressive driving up against my bumper and then around me and things like that. I'm not going slow, but I felt very angry. And I had all these words that I, in my mind that I wanted to say. And it, in that moment, and I didn't feel they related to the situation at the moment, I think God just gave it to me personally saying, hey, you're a follower of me. I need you to be above that. Yeah. I need you to be different than that. And I think that there is a level of self-control that as Christians we're called to have that we, we're not looked at by cameras every day. So maybe not everybody in our lives going to mention it, going to see it, going to notice it. But we need to look at how we're behaving and what makes us angry, what makes us upset. And yeah. how do we how do we handle that? Yeah, I actually did last night. You know, a confession here would 20, 30 years ago. I would get so involved in these games mm. that I would get so personally, emotionally involved that my reaction was at times embarrassing to myself. And I went back a couple of times and apologized. But there's there's a reason, but there's some things that there are no excuse. And I think we need to look at things that we find reason for mm -hmm. and go, Lord, is there an excuse for that? Because it's easy to reason away behavior, isn't it? Sure. I've sure. done it. And even, I mean, it's interesting how Andy Reid sort of d defended him. Uh, he just wants to be on the field. He wants to play. He's a competitive kid. He uh, he makes me feel young. So he kind of, and coaches try to, young. coaches try to protect their players. That's usually the instinct. But you know, I don't know that that helps the situation by excusing the behavior as, oh, he's just a competitive kid. He wants to be on the field. I get that. I don't know that that helps. We'll just leave that dangling right there. It's a tough one for sure. Well, coming up, one of our favorites, Stefano Fair. You are going to absolutely love this man. He is coming in to talk about what God is doing around the globe and this what a contrast. My goodness. What a contrast. The, you'll, we'll, the football game's going to feel pretty small in about uh, two and a half minutes. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew mornings. What a diverse city we live in now. We do. I mean, you think of Chicago, you think of there's little neighborhoods that are have all one group, but just in a specific neighborhood. And then you go further out into the suburbs and you see all different types of people in Chicagoland. That's the one of the beauty of our city. We are the melting pot. We really are. But the question is, do we ever get outside of our box to see what God's doing in other people's lives? And boy, we've got an opportunity to do that right now. We've got Reverend Stefano Fair. He's with Call of Hope, a ministry among Muslims for more than 100 years. Uh, 2023 was a big year for your ministry. Give us just some of the highlights of what you've seen in the last year. You know, I'm out of Germany. And uh, this week, one of our co-workers in northern Nigeria came and he talked about the last year. And then Certainly, the first thing is he talks about persecution, northern Nigeria. We know Boko Haram. We heard about Chos on the 23rd of December, where 246 Christians were killed and all these things. But then he comes and tells me, well, in the last years, we had 7,246 Muslims coming to Christ. Oh, and, and your mouth is open, you know, yes. something like, what? I mean, I, I know about the persecution for sure. And then you sometimes think, well, then maybe missions stops. And you feel like, no, it's the other way around, you know. 
This is what I feel. Alone last year, you know, we have something like farmer evangelists. Yeah. This is what we call them. 45, they go to Muslim villages, no Christian there. Uh, they talk about the gospel. And only last year, 15 new churches got weaned, you know, 15 new churches got independent, uh, some of them more than 300 members. Uh, <sighs> unbelievable. And all Muslims, all, all Muslim background. You know, and now a pastor comes, takes these uh, churches over and our evangelists go to the next village. Uh, same thing, Lebanon, you know what? Lebanon is now on the news all yep. the time because of Israel, you know, Hezbollah right. and all these things. And Lebanon is in a terrible state. But then again, our co-worker tells me more than 4,000 mostly Syrians from Muslim background, came to the Lord in the last years. But now also Lebanese Muslims, uh, many Shiites from, from Hezbollah families, you know. From Hezbollah families. Unbelievable. And, and we see how especially the children are important. We, we had last Christmas for five, more than 500 kids Christmas celebrations. And these kids, they know about Jesus and they go home and talk about it. Well, more importantly, they sing these songs they oh, sing. Man. You know, uh, I, I remember this small guy, three years old, has no eyes. And he sings Christmas carols and he sang it at home. And his father, a devout Muslim, he calls our coworker and says, could you please teach my son more of these oh, songs because this is touching my heart? Or this little girl, Malak, two and a half years old, her father is a Hezbollah fighter. The grandfather is a Hezbollah fighter. And she goes home and what, what does she know about Hezbollah? Nothing. So she sings these Christian songs. She, she sings about Jesus. And her mother came to Christ. The father, some time ago, he now called our co-worker. And of course, Michelle, our co-worker, he was a little bit scared. He thought, okay, yeah, what's this guy, guy calling me about? Him, you know? But this guy was very nice to him. And then he said, but, but do you understand in what kind of difficulty you bring me? And he said, what, what do you mean? He said, every evening now, my daughter reaches out to me and says, Dad, I'm only able to sleep if you sing such a song with me. Oh, my. I mean, wow. just, just think about it. A Hezbollah guy, Hezbollah fighter, now sings songs about Jesus being the light of the world. He's not yet a Christian. No, he's not. But, you know, I, I feel that it, it really works in his heart. And... Uh, we, we see so many terrorists now coming to Christ. You know, this is what, what, what we see. Hezbollah people, Boko Haram people, people who sit on a, on a car and they hear the gospel of John in the radio and they stop the car and call because they understand that all this killing they do is just not right. That's the Holy Spirit at work oh, yeah. pulling Absolutely. down blinders. Bonhoeffer wrote the book, The Cost of Discipleship. What's the cost of discipleship for a Muslim who converts to Christianity? It surely depends on the country where they are. But in many cases, their life turns to be very, very difficult. You know, we sometimes in the West, we say things like, come to Jesus and your life will be wonderful. Well, yes, um, you have peace in your heart. Yeah. But from outside, sometimes it's the truth. You are Christian now and your life is terrible because it's going to be very, very difficult. I just told you about this guy from Nigeria who is with us in Germany right now. His son uh, is now stepping into the ministry, 35 years old. And he told me, and, and that was so authentic. He said, listen, I did not want to go into this ministry among Muslims. He said, I saw what my father is going through. And he told me my brother, and that's true, my brother got killed because of what we do. And, and I felt like 
no, I mean, I don't want that, you know. Uh, he got murdered. We have such a difficult life. So many times our house got burned. And now he stands there, discusses with me and says, well, but then I just understood the Lord wants me in this ministry. And now I'm here. And this is what the Lord, only the Lord can do, that these people are ready to stay, to go into the ministry also, although they know that this might cost their life. And it does, you know, and, and sometimes it's only small things. He also told me that the smaller things like he went to school and he got just bad marks because he was a Christian. Because you know, a Christian. I mean, we could say it's a small thing, but for for a kid, that's terrible. Huge. He always said these Muslims, they get my marks. Got Stefano Fair with Call of Hope. Coming up, we have brought to you needs over the past couple years in Boom Crew. You've responded in some pretty cool ways. Uh, we're going to get a story of how your past uh, giving has been put to good use with this ministry and tell you of the needs presently if you feel led to give. Coming up more with our guest. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. We've got a great guest with us this morning, Stefano Fair with Call of Hope, ministry among Muslims for more than 100 years. The Boom Crew, our listeners, has been very generous uh, as we presented needs over the past couple of years. Give us a story of how the gifts from here and our listeners in Chicagoland has been used abroad. Last year, hundreds of Muslims in northern Nigeria came to the Lord. And what you did here played a big part because um, we're able to give solar panels to our missionaries. And of course, if you don't know the project, you are saying solar panels? Okay, fine. (laughs) I mean, great. But you know, the background behind it is when they got the solar panels, they were sometimes the only ones in the village having electricity. And usually nobody talks to a missionary. Why should they? They don't talk to the Christian. But now that this guy has electricity and they could come and charge their phones, phones. ah, then that's a different story. So <laughs> we really had this experience that this worked. I mean, that so many people, hundreds came to the Lord. Yeah. And the start was the solar panel. Of course, I mean, it's then a long story, uh, but that's the start that somebody comes or uh, you have also given, thankfully, for motorcycles, the same thing. A guy has a motorcycle now and you would say, well, great for him, but what does it help? Well, uh, if he has a motorcycle, he might be the only person in the village being able to provide transport for sick people. So somebody gets sick and the missionary says, hey. I can drive you to the hospital, to the city. And this really makes the difference. And it made the difference. We, we had so many people now coming to the church because of your help. The other thing is Pakistan. You, you helped to rebuild so many churches. You know, this is not only that they have a place to worship. Yes, of course, they have now a place to worship and that's wonderful. But it's more... The sense that you help the people to understand that they are not alone. And this is the most important. They are under these severe persecution situations. They are. But when they know there are people in the U.S. praying for us, and first of all praying, but then also giving, then they understand, hey, we are not alone. And, And that makes all of the difference. And... Uh, that keeps them going. And worship in, in church, of course, helps them to stay faithful. So what you have done here, I cannot overestimate, you know. You have given back the hope to people who have almost lost their hope. Stefano, you're a leader. It's all over you. You're a great leader, obviously. You've got a great team. What keeps you awake at night? You know... When I think about the future, I always think what we have in the, in the Bible, the harvest is great, but there are not enough people to Workers. really do the work. And, and this is what sometimes really keeps me awake, you know, and people get older and you need to replace them. But then as a leader, you always have strategies and you think of, oh, I'll do it this way and I do it that way. <laughs> 
And after some time, I understand, no, I mean, the Lord has to call people, especially into such a ministry. You know, if somebody is not really called, forget it. I mean, he will just leave it in a week. And, and that sometimes keeps me really awake to pray to the Lord, show us the right people you have actually sent into this work. Okay, another question. What's the widest door for effective work that God has opened to Call of Hope right now? Where it's like, whoa, Holy Spirit is moving. It is in Nigeria. This is where, what I see, where we have so many people coming to the Lord. But now, also what I see in um, country like Indonesia, where we get more and more possibilities, especially over the radio, where we have a radio boat going uh, up to the province of Aceh, uh, where you could never air Christian radio. But now the Lord has given us this opportunity to just go with a boat. You know, when you're outside of a, of a certain milestone, yes. they can't really prevent it. And from there, we are airing into the country and, and we, we see a lot of response. I mean, th these are the things. And I would say, especially where the pressure is getting higher and higher, where persecution is very dire, we see that the Lord is really moving and people come to the Lord. Wow. Phenomenal ministry. We've got a key word for you. You can text the word HOPE to 312-274-9624. Text HOPE to 312-274-9624. Stefano, we love you. You've got a great work going, my man. You've got a great team. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we can bow our heads and hearts, mainly our hearts, confidently before a holy, mighty God. Dunamis power, power of the Holy Spirit, on the move, making a way where there seems to be no way, and you're doing it. We give you praise. God, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Stefano, one project right now, because we're going to ask people to respond on air. Where do you want to laser focus some of these funds that are going to come in from a generous boom crew? I would be very thankful if we could all now join together for the country of Lebanon and help these people who are so much struck. You know, uh, we always think that's a Mediterranean country. It would be very nice and warm. Yeah. And one of my co-workers just called me last week and said, it's snowing. Huh? Okay, snowing. So it's cold, you know, it, it's freezingly cold. And many of these people stay in tents. So, so now, what is it to bring them the love of Christ? Well, number one, it is to bring them the love of Christ by bringing them blankets, by bringing them mattresses, by letting them not starve and bring them bread, you know. And that's the love of Christ. And people will always ask, why on earth are you doing this? We Muslims, <laughs> we, we hate you. And now you come and help us not to die. Why? And that's such a great opportunity. You know, when you see our people doing that work, you will always see in the right hand, there is a bag of bread. And in the left hand, there is a booklet or a calendar with Bible verses. Uh, we always do both because Beautiful. it's very clear. We are an evangelistic ministry. We want to reach out with the word. But to tell somebody Jesus loves you and then let him starve, well, for me, that's not really shown love. So, so it's both. And if we could join together to help these people who really suffer under Hezbollah, suffer under this difficult economical crisis, to, to help them to see the love of Christ, if you could help us doing this, we would just be so thankful. And Carl, let me just thank your boom crew here. What you have done in the past is incredible. So thank you so much. Again, the word to text is HOPE to 312-274-9624. You can check out their website, some of the work that they're doing. And if you want to partner with this ministry, there's a Give Now button right at the top of the page. Just text HOPE, 312-274-9624. Giving hope. 
directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. I am on a media fast for every Monday going forward here, and I'm going to try to be true to it, so I'm going to lean on you guys. I'm not going to be snooping around on ESPN or anything like that. Uh, our whole church is doing media fast. Um, of course, this is my J-O-B, so we are media, but beyond that, no radio, no social media, no TV, no nothing. So I haven't I, I haven't gotten the details on this, and I forgot how to pronounce his name, but we lost maybe one of the greatest runners the world has ever seen. Calvin Kiptum. Yep. Calvin Kiptum. Yep. Uh, Boom Crew, if you don't remember this, he set the world record here in Chicago just a few months ago. And it's – I wanted to cry. I heard this word right after the Super Bowl was over, and I'm like, whoa. This kid's 24 years old. Driving a car in Kenya, by the way, is like, um, I don't know what it's like. It's like Survivor and um, the great race put together only on potholed roads. I mean, it's a mess. But he's driving his car. Who knows what happened? Plowed into a ditch, took him into a tree. He and his coach were killed instantly. One person is seriously injured, probably a backseat rider. Tragic. This is a kid I, I so I so hurt for that family and for that whole community. A lot of these Kenyan distance runners are really committed disciples of Christ, by the way. There's a fraternity and a sorority of long-distance Kenyan runners that are radical Jesus followers. I didn't realize I that. didn't know if this kid was or not. I don't know the lowdown. If you guys could do some sleuthing for me on yeah, that, that'd be try great. Try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But heartbreaking. I mean— if anyone remembers the Chicago Marathon and watching this guy essentially sprinting the last two miles, essentially sprinting, and to run a, I think it was two hours, one minute, and some seconds for a new world record for marathon. And I, I even people who didn't don't really follow the races, hearing that somebody, I remember doing the math going, so he ran like sub five minute mile for yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, unheard of. Yeah, it's it's his athleticism, and what's weird is at the end of the race. I don't know if you remember this. He breaks a ribbon and he leaps like he's fresh legs into the arms of a coach. Wasn't he newer to, to he, marathoning? It, guys, you ready for this one? It was his third marathon. That was it. It was his third marathon. So he had a lot of speed. I think he was a 10,000-meter runner prior to this or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. But uh, he's gone in an instant. And I, being a former track athlete, not a distance guy, but we, we form a fraternity with a track team, whether oh, sure. you, you run sure. distance or not. There. I mean, I'm a sprinter, but I'm over there in the shot pit shot put pit and I'm watching these guys throw it out there and we got behind everyone but my heart was wrapped around this kid man I was so excited for his future because I knew I I'm telling you right now if this kid would have lived he would have broken the two-hour marathon mark guaranteed and no you can't talk me off of that one he would have broken it I mean this kid can fly and he's gone in an instant Makes me mad, <laughs> bummed out. Life is so short. I, I hope he knew Jesus, and I know this is going to draw that Kenyan community together. What time is it over there right now? Ask Siri, somebody. Um, I know this is drawing that community together in a unique way. It's got to be. It's got to be. They must be six hours ahead of it's us. It's three thirty-eight so. right now. Yeah. Oh, they're so, nine hours ahead. About nine, nine hours, hours, yeah. So a lot of grieving in that community. Yeah. A lot of grieving. Um, a coach and his premier athlete gone in an instant. And what a runner. You're right, Allie. Watching this kid run like the wind and knowing he's running sub fives or something crazy for 26.2 miles. Unbelievable. Hard to get your head Feet around. Of athleticism. What do we get from that? We get from, th from that this. We don't know when we're going, guys. We don't know what's going on.
live today in a day-type compartment. Today has enough troubles of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let's live today. Been really been working on that discipline lately in my life. Look, we let's you know tomorrow. Yeah, maybe, but we got today, right, guys? We've got right now. We got right now in this moment, right now, to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and to be filled by Him. Speaking of that, what evidence will come out when we are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? What evidence will come out? It's going to be a convicting week because we get to look at the evidence and go, am I mirroring that? Is that something that God's seeing in my life? And it's an awesome call to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Get more from your morning show. Check us out on social media. Just search Carlin Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Got a crazy question for you guys. What club do you belong to or have ever belonged to? I want every club name you can think of flying in here on text message right now. Yeah. Every club, every association, except homeowners association, those things are not worth joining anyway. You don't you just really have, have to a be in that. If you live where you live. Yeah, one of those associations that you were in because you actually chose it, not because you defaulted into it. But anything, you name it. Allie was a Girl Scout. I was. <laughs> Listen to be kind. I still remember the little uh, the little motto. Did you put two fingers in the air? It was like three fingers on my honor. I will try to serve God and country to help people at all times and to live by the Girl Scout law. Something like that. Are you doing that? I remember. Are you following the Girl Scout law? Yeah. Do you? I try. All right. Well, there you go. There goes self effort again. Find out why the three fingers in the air. Like it's the Holy Trinity. (laughs) <laughs> That's what it was, though. No, it is. Because they got God in there. It's probably founded. It might be. It no might joking. Be. I should find out. And it, Could I mean, be God, country, and the Girl Scouts. You know, Harvard used to be very evangelical. It was very equipping true, people so. with the gospel. Were you in the Boy Scouts, Carl? I was in Cub Scouts. Well, then oh. why are you laughing at her for being in no, the Girl Scouts? We didn't hold three fingers in the air. Oh, okay. oh that, yeah, the ceiling. We weren't Trinitarians at all in the Cub Scouts. But, Let me yeah. just tell you that right <laughs> You're now. like, we were self-admittedly not. Pretty godless group we were. <laughs> well, I'm looking at a picture from the Girl Scout website. They all these little girls have three fingers in the air and they're ready to recite it. I th- I n- pretty much nailed the you nailed it, the Alan. Girl Scout promise. So proud of you. Oh, s- been. straight you up. Though, did you guys? Can we get a hold of your troop leader and tell him how proud we are? Um, you know, I, I had a Is great it called troop. a troop? I, yeah, I was in a Girl Scout troop. I had the little. Uh, I didn't win. Went many of those badges though. You didn't because I wasn't good at that stuff. She didn't sell enough cookies. Me, no, there's like the rope tying it's ones. A, it's and just the... a money deal. Oh, yeah, for Follow sure. Follow the money. They're Girl delicious, Scouts though. are out there getting Boy Scouts, too. Did you now, know? the Thin Mints are the best. Oh, uh, no, the uh, Tagalongs, man, with a little peanut butter in the middle. No. Did you guys We're know so that you can order no, Girl Scout cookies online now? Oh. You don't even have to have, like, a Girl Scout in your neighborhood. You just order them online. But you want to support if you know one, you know. Oh, of course. And you don't. I mean, if a little girl knocks on your door and says you want to buy cookies, you say, I'm buying them online. This is going to slam. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was already on Amazon. <laughs> it's cheaper this way. Oh, okay. Uh, what groups have you been a part of? We got Future Farmers of America. Oh, yeah. We got Bridge Club, Brownie, American Association of, Criti- uh, of Critical Care Nurses, and Northwest Suburban Quilting Guild. I was just thinking of getting that in that group. Oh. It's so weird. Scout Association, the USAA, American Legion, VFW, Brownie, Brownies, I'm assuming the the Girl Scouts and not the uh, actual treat, Bridge Club, ooh, 4-H. Oh, another 4-H. What is 4-H? Okay, we need someone to call in right now and explain to Young Thunder what the 4-H club is because it's come up twice and he has no idea. And they won't explain it to me. They're just mad at me. right now if you've been a part of a 4-H club and can explain it in layman's terms, what is the 4-H club? Young Thunder needs to know. 312-274-9624. Help this young man out. 312-274-9624. And uh, there's a Carlin. Crew prize yes, if you're willing to call in and tell us yes, what 4 is. Bob. Otherwise, what would motivate you to square them away except <laughs> a prize pack? <laughs> All right, Jill, in Chicago, do you know anything about 4-H? Yes, I was in it for 10 years. You're in it from ages 8 through 18. 
Okay, what is 4-H for Young Thunder? So it's a club for kids um, that they can learn various things. It typically is more um, in the rural areas. Yeah. So you show at the county fairs, and then you can show at the state fair, like your projects. So they judge your projects at the county fair that you've been working on all year. Oh, okay. You you can take a variety of projects, um, like horticulture you can do. Um, you can raise cows, lambs, you know, pigs, the works, um, rabbits. My kids had rabbits. <laughs> My kids did computers. Um, they did, um, like, all sorts of things, gardening. I, and bu- then you show I your- built extension cords, Jill. I was at Miss <laughs> Fromey's home for 4-H, and we built extension cords and lamps. Okay. There you go. Wow. Jill, thank you so much for calling us. Stay on the horn, Jill. What's that? How was I supposed to know what this was? Yeah, everybody oh, because knows. because this is a really common, it's real common thing. I don't know. It's very rural. Probably now. more in the rural areas. In but the hinterlands. There's a lot of urban projects, too. Interesting. There you go. Okay. He, he's rural. He's just young. I'm not Jill, rural. Jill, stay on the horn. You're going to get a Carlin Crew prize pack. I love it so Hold much. Hold it. I got to get Matt in here. Matt, is the three fingers in the air for the Girl Scouts, is that uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? No. No. But one of them is kind of close. It's actually Honor, God, and Country. Oh, there you oh. go. Honor, God, and Country. All these years, I held those three fingers in the air as a Girl Scout. Did not know that. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. Hang on the horn, Matt. You're getting a Carlin Crew prize pack. Hang on the horn. You're getting a pack as well. Uh, Here's why we bring this up. Let's get to it here. We're talking about the evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit. I got chills when I was thinking about this this weekend. Listen to these verses. Yeah, this is out of 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body— So it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. This is one of the most astounding things. If you start looking at this and breaking it down and juxtapose the body of Christ filled with the Holy Spirit and what it is to be versus any kind of societal group, club, um, any organization that is formed, And Allie nailed this. We were talking about this a little over an hour ago. She says, it's true, Allie. We, most organizations exist to try to be as all-encompassing. Right. And so you'll see it reflected in mission statements and different language around inclusivity, that everybody's welcome here. Uh, We want you with us. You're part of our family. I mean, you can join a gym and somebody's going to reach out to you and tell you that you're part of the family of the Lakeview YMCA. Until you stop paying. And there's (laughs) the point. I mean, you're part of the family until you stop paying. And a lot of these things are membership driven, but can everyone get in? Certainly not. And it's it's a forced and kind of faux unity. Yeah. The body of Christ, guys, we'll talk about the power of this ultimate unity. Straight in. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. What an unbelievable privilege we have. You know, we're talking about the evidences of the Holy Spirit this week. One of the great evidences is When we come into relationship with Jesus Christ, it strikes all borders of gender, and there are two, all borders, that's gone. Culture, all borders of culture, nation, tribes, tongue, color, you name it, the borders are gone. And when you, explain what you mean, because I I don't want people to misunderstand, when you say that there's, those borders are gone, it's I'll not explain. that we don't maintain our distinctives. Right. But the third one, though, I want to get is societal class or kind of hierarchy, like the Delites in India versus the Brahmins, which are the peak. They're gone. Those uniquenesses are there, but it's equal. You know, you talk about the all these little acronyms for all these equal opportunity kind of organizations. Mm-hmm. The amazing thing is, by the power of the Spirit, there is no one left out. I think that's the biggest thing. Are there distinctives? Always. 
how many times we have to say this, that any notion that we don't see color is, is, is crazy maker. Of course we all see color, but God doesn't see that as a barrier to any fellowship that we have in Christ. Right. That's the difference. And the dividing line here, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, those would be groups of people where there would be natural division and a sense of hierarchy where one is more valuable than the other. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty amazing thing, guys. The reason we bring this up is, well, let's ask, let me ask the team. Why is this being a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit empowers that these earthly lines are dissolved? Unique distinctives are still there. In the body of Christ, you've got rich and you've got poor. You've got men, you've got women, you've got people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. Why is it so important for us to see this as such a pinnacle point of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit? Unity is only possible between all of these different groups by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a great observation. It's only possible by that. Yeah, because when you look at the history of the world, it is sin nature, human nature apart from the Holy Spirit, to separate, to make distinct, to make people above or to make people lower. It is... It is what we naturally do without God. So true. And so when people see, wow, there's people of all races, of all classes, of all genders, both genders coming together, and and they're not separating each other and making some more important than others, but they all find each other equal and important, that is something that the world can't do. Yeah. See, here's the point. The body of Christ filled with the Holy Spirit sees unique distinctives, but without hierarchy in any way. Yes. Whoa. Think about that. Which seems impossible. But without the power of the this thing got me so excited this weekend when I was looking at this. I guess Friday I started looking at it. I'm like, my goodness, think about this a second. We got a world, like you said so rightly, Allie trying to form clubs that can do what only Jesus can do. Yeah. What the power of the Holy Spirit can do. And the reason why so many try is because it sounds so good. And I think there is a God nature. I'm reading C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity, and he's his whole premise of that book is, especially the first part, is that he says there's there's things that we there's things that we know about what is right and wrong mm-hmm. that are not written anywhere. We just know it. Hardwired into us. Yeah, it's just in us. Well, there's things that we know about right and wrong, about social structures that we know that that classism in my mind, that racism in my mind, that sexism in my mind, it's not right. Hmm. How do we know that? Because the God of eternity is etched in our soul. Right. Because we're image image bearers. Yeah. And so even somebody who doesn't claim to follow Christ, if pressed, even if they can't live it out, they would acknowledge that, yeah. It probably is wrong for one group of people to look down on another group of people. Probably is wrong. Yeah. So, Boom Crew, let's get a quick takeaway here today. I want you to think about your church family and those that you worship, fellowship with, and then the broader church family, which the most diverse group I've ever ministered to in my life is the Boom Crew. Most diverse. Hands down. But what if we could celebrate distinctives and have no hierarchy in our soul. Whoa. And according to the scriptures, the spirit of God makes it possible. Isn't that a crazy thing? It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Because have you or I seen this lived out perfectly? No, yeah. I don't think I've seen it done perfectly. But I've seen it done pretty well at times. But I think our boom crew, when we went on the boom cruise. Probably in terms of just that short term experience, that was one of the most powerful things I've ever seen displays of unity. And maybe it's because we didn't have enough time to get all bifurcated up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Let's because be real the honest. the nature of sin and, and we hurt each other's feelings sometimes and people say things that didn't come out right. And, you know, it, it happens. So perfect unity, I think we, I don't know that we'll see it perfectly, but. But the church has the best shot at it. And I think uh, humbled under the mighty hand of God and filled with the Holy Spirit, we can live it. Yeah. Not perfectly, but we can live it. We can live it. Wow. 
God's got a big heart for this. One of the most thrilling things that you'll find in Scripture, and by the way, thank you, Superdine, 90 times the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the New Testament. But I can only find, for me, five distinct fruits. I don't want to use the word fruits. Evidences, because that's okay. common. <laughs> five distinct evidences that the Holy Spirit is work at work. But boy, these are powerful. Measurables, would you call them? Yeah, like measurables. measurables. Yeah, things that you can measure. And this one that we've got here today is clearly that. But if you think about the power of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit can do in our life, it's things that are out of this world. Truly. Now, would it be the Holy Spirit if it was earthbound? No. This is a Holy Spirit. He is here right now, by the way, guiding us. I was telling our church yesterday, even in a given message, said at the point in time when I was discussing the power of the Holy Spirit, why we often uh, discount or resist rather than walk in the Spirit. We were in the middle of that discussion. I said, you know, it's interesting. I can tell you there's been at least five times in this message I've been prompted and guided by the Holy Spirit. Because it's true when you become more mindful of, whoa, Holy Spirit's talking to me. Why am I talking right now? What's my motive in that story? Boom, boom, boom. I mean, I got the Holy Spirit talking to me all the time, all the time. And we all do or can. There is one of the lost arts in the evangelical churches hearing what the Spirit of God saying to us. We need to do that more and more. But one of the greatest evidences of the Holy Spirit Let's just bust it out right now. Let's read this thing. This is out of 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 and 13. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. This is huge. I'm, I'm going to go on a crazy riff here for a second. Okay, this we're ready. This is big. Allie said this earlier, guys. Boom Crew, it's so true. Most organizations or clubs, especially today, because it's almost here's what's interesting in in the PC-ness of it. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It's just our kind of our sensitive culture that we live in. Most organizations are trying to get everyone in. In it to absurdity. Like if you go into a <laughs> to bed, absurdity, you no. Know, and I'll, I'll give an example. Okay. I, my kids go to a public school. And so when I go into their visit, their schools, you will now see signage that says uh, at the bathrooms that this is for girls plus anyone who feels welcome here. That, I mean, that's just so. But it's this distorted <sighs> sense of if we can yeah. get to a place where everybody feels like they belong in every space at any time, then we've reached unity. It's a it's a distorted attempt to get what we see right here. What's funny about that, we get it so screwed up. Yes. That here's the question. Do we have safe spaces? I got air quotes for the girls that don't want to go potty with the boys. You know, I mean, we we then start chasing our tail in all these little circles of PC-ness that gets just picking weird. Right. But I digress. Here's the interesting thing about the body of Christ that Ali just read. No gender. I'll get to this in a second. No gender, no culture, no societal kind of hierarchy divides. Distinctives, yes. But all those little boundaries that are erected in our minds often first Mm -hmm. and in our hearts are eradicated at the foot of the cross, and as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we get to live differently. Think about this. This notion that I don't see color, well, we blew that one out of the water, but it was really popular about 20 years ago. People say, I don't see color. Well, of course you do. Of course you see color. How how else would you know that I have red hair? Of course you see color. Right. But at the foot of the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit, we see distinctives but we have no hierarchy. Whoa. There's no price for admission. Whoa. I mean, even the best clubs like the YMCA that now it used to be YMCA, YWCA, because it's YMCA is men, so women are out. But now we got everyone can come in there, but there's still a price of admission, so some people are out. Fascinating, guys. I love this conversation because it it 
when you think about how all truth is God's truth, you see so many examples of where the world is trying to capture what we can only have in Christ. Yes. Yes, Allie. You are right on. It makes you grateful for for the gospel because it's a worthy aim. It's only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. This is a message here, man. It's easy to put hierarchy in our brain. We're born with hierarchy in our brain. We're trained to have hierarchy in our brain. Even those that claim to have organizations that don't have hierarchy are often the biggest offenders of hierarchy. It's really a weird thing. Karl Marx wanted hierarchy gone, except for him and the elites that ran it. <laughs> except for the people who controlled it. Funny how that always works Isn't that out that way. Isn't just huh? funny how that works? Yeah. Coming up, minute and a half. Let's talk about one important question before we get out of here today. This is super important. I want you to light it up. I want you to call in. How do we manifest the power of the Spirit in the church where we have distinctives but no hierarchy? Have you got thoughts on that one? Give us a call, 312-274-9624. How's this going to work? I've got one word in my mind. One word in my mind. 312-274-9624. Come on, call right now. Phone line's wide open. Let's go. How are we going to have... The manifestation of the Spirit of God, so at work in the body of Christ that we see distinctives for sure, but we have no hierarchy there. None. All hierarchy borders are on the ground. <laughs> Flat. How are we going to do it? Come on, call. 312-274-9624. We're going to go lightning round, get as many calls as we can in here. 312-274-9624. How's it going to happen? We know it's a spirit-filling thing, but how's that going to happen? Give us a call. New to the show? We're glad you're here. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Want to get your feedback, Boom Crew? Got time to get them in here. We're going to have to go lickety-split. Lickety-split. You ever heard that term? I have. It's... Don't say it. It's a Because there's one. no... There's say it, Ali. Say it. No, there's distinctives, but there's no hierarchy. Don't you go ageism on me now. You were going there. You were go Allie, do I need to read okay, 1 okay, Corinthians 12, okay, 12 okay. through 13? I was gonna say it's I'm an older kidding. term. It's a little dated. <laughs> it's a dated term. Okay. Where did you go, young thunder? He I, hid his I brought microphone. my mic over oh, here in the going? corner so you can't see him anymore. Man, he can't bear to look at me when he says that. It probably is an old guy statement for sure. Uh, Pierre in Chicago, what do you say, Pierre? Uh, I just say it starts with the pastor, and I would mm. say then the body, uh, which I, I feel like they sometimes they have cliques and groups, and the pastors sometimes have favorites Oof. and don't specifically like treat everybody exactly the same. And so that's where I think more of the offense and the division is. That's, that's boy Pierre. Yeah, that is super insight. insightful. That is super insightful. Leadership matters, guys. I mean, it matters what we put up front and how he or she operates matters. And as a pastor, I'm sure that this is something you have to fight oh, for in the spirit because there are you're human. There are going to be naturally people that you feel like more like you have that instant ability to communicate with people who are yeah. maybe more similar to you than different. Yeah, I think that's one of the benefits of, of getting out of your 30s and 40s, to be candid with you as a pastor, is you start... You start to change. You start to change. You start to see the value of all life. You really do. You feel like that's increased oh, in time. your 60s compared to maybe your 40s? Yeah, I love... I love everyone now. I really do. I do I do it well all the time? No, but I do in my heart. I and I get a kick out of I, I love hearing stories. So I get a kick out of hearing stories from people that I I normally wouldn't run with, let's say, mm -hmm. just to use a term. I, I love it. I dig it. But it's it's hard. I'm I'm gonna give you mine here real quick. I think the I think, I think humility here again, yet again, is a big part in this thing. I, I think without humility, a shot glass of pride will derail you on this thing. I mean, just a shot glass of pride will derail you. Any sense of I've 
got it going on or I'm better. Even yeah. the subtle stuff yeah. erodes this, what we see in 1 Corinthians. But Pierre's comment is a good one because whew, leadership matters. And people pick up on stuff. And they emulate things. And they perpetuate things without even maybe sometimes knowing it. It's often unspoken. Yeah. So our premise this morning is what, Allie? Well, we've been talking about the evidence or measurables. Where do we see in Scripture that there's evidence of the Holy Spirit at work? And this day we focused on talking about unity in the body of Christ. If you want to check it out, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13. This is something worth it's looking at our own personal life. And then look, looking at our church, is this something that we are living out? Yeah. Because we can by the power of the Spirit. Yeah, this is... This is powerful. I can't, I can't wait to preach this passage. I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. You could almost commit a whole week to this thing of radio, just this one topic. I mean, this is huge, man. And uh, we, we want to give you an illustration of this. Um, Allie, we saw this. We got a little taste of this on something called the Boom Cruise. Yeah, we really did. If you were not a part of it, or maybe not even listening to us at that time, back in, I think, October of this of 2023, we rented out a whole, the Odyssey, the Spirit of Chicago, a whole cruise for the Boom Crew. And it was one of the most incredible couple hours that I have spent in a really long time. The diversity, every, so many different ages, abilities, uh, colors, backgrounds, parts of the city. I mean, diversity in every single way. And one of my favorite memories will always be all of us gathered some people on the top deck some people on the lower deck but there was a, a couple of singers just leading us in worship a keyboard player very simple stripped down and all of us singing songs of praise to God looking out seeing the water seeing what God has created and then all these people with eyes closed hands lifted some with tears just worshiping it brought me to tears every age every 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 age, every social construct you can imagine, every cultural per background you can imagine, shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, in many cases, arm in arm, yeah, praising and worshiping God. It was two hours of what we read right here in Scripture. It was a taste deal. of it. Uh, Brooke, add something here quickly. Brooke, what do you got? Oh, I was just going to say that um, I've found that when we're – busy serving one another in love that that tends to break down those divisions because we all need to be served in some way and we can all serve in some way. And so I think that in, we see that example in Christ and washing the disciples feet and um, him humbling himself and doing that. And like that simple act, um, it's like everybody needed their feet washed <laughs> at some point in time. Right. And so just reflecting that in the way we live our lives and loving one another and serving one another in the ways that we can, I think, makes it harder for us to look upon others in, in judgment and division. Yeah, and Brooke, that's great. And you know, what's funny about that, Brooke, is that Jesus did that. And what was the most shocking thing about that foot washing? Brooke, a little pop quiz here for you. Oh, boy, you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, I am. I'm putting you on the spot. I won't. Just Brooke only gets this treatment today. Well, let me remind oh you. Let me No, let me remind you. Contextually, only slaves wash the feet of others. Right. Mm -hmm. So guess what God did through his son, Jesus? How cool. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, Brooke, because that's a phenomenal illustration. Because Jesus, what did he do? He broke down the barriers of slavery and said, I'll serve you. The greatest among you. Must be a servant. Ah, cool stuff, man. This is something to really ponder. And if there's any hierarchy, even subtle hierarchy with people that, who knows, age, stage, color, uh, social strata, by what they wear, ooh. Where they live. We need to let that just fall down. Helping you start your day off right. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. We got a big, really big announcement here, Boom Crew. If you haven't got your name in the hat, do it. 
life-changing trip Journeys of Paul Sail Away contest. This has been sold out, but you're going to get an opportunity to enter to win. It's a trip for two across the Mediterranean Sea to follow the routes of Paul's missionary journeys. You're going to be spending time uh, studying the scriptures on location where Paul taught, even wrote some of the New Testament letters. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing trip. And it's sold out. As Ali just said, it's gone. Gonzo, there's no tickets, except for two people. Dun, dun, dun. Your tour guides for this. I don't know why. I just felt like sound effects was necessary That was there. really good, Allie. <laughs> Dr. Mark Job, Dr. Joe Stoll, Dr. Michael Rydelnik will be your tour guides. This is truly an epic trip of a lifetime. Do not miss out. Text the word trip. Get that entry form in ASAP. Text trip to 312-274-9624. Trip, T-R-I-P, to 312-274-9624. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.